Hola, everyone. This is Teresa Gonzalez with Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom, and we are going to host our business mini. I know we've been gone for some time because of the COVID. I've been in a COVID tar pit myself, people, so I'm just coming out. And I hope that this podcast will give you some inspiration moving forward. Again, thank you for subscribing and being a part of this podcast. We have charted on the Global Tech Podcast, and I am very excited about that. So thank you, everybody, for listening. So let's get started today with my guest, Andrea Sagar. My guest today is Andrea Sagar from the Legalpreneur Podcast, and she has her own law practice, Andrea Sagar Law. She is a Latina based out of Texas, Texas, and somehow we mentally collided on this mission to support small businesses because great minds think alike. She's a serial entrepreneur. Andrea is uniquely positioned to provide quality legal services to today's thriving entrepreneurs, and she started her first business while in law school, so she knows firsthand the side hustle and the hustle of being a solopreneur in retail. Her motto is dream it, grow it, and protect it, and she also has her podcast, The Legalpreneur Podcast. So welcome, everybody. This is Latinas from the block to the boardroom. Welcome to my very special business mini that we're having with Andrea Segar. Andrea, it's so nice to have you on Latinas from the block to the boardroom. You know, ever since COVID hit, there's been a lot of shifting in small business, specifically online businesses where they've had to pivot and put their business now online to survive or they're just going to try to start over again and say, how do I level up from where my business didn't make it before? Or how can I get back in the game? And I think that's so important for so many people to hear right now, because what I have talked about in previous episodes, specifically with Natalie Molina Nino, and we talk about entrepreneurs and knowing the system of how things work, specifically around financial, but also legal, it's really important to understand the consequences because once you understand those infrastructures and you put it around your business, I mean, I'm going to say you're pretty solid. Would you agree with that? Would you say you're solid? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have the conversation almost every day with a business owner who is asking the question like, hey, am I doing this legal stuff too early or when should I be doing this? And I tell them, look, you can never go wrong by getting an attorney involved too soon. And people come to me and they're like, hey, I'm getting sued. And I'm like, hey, that's not what I handle. I am the proactive attorney that is trying to help you avoid all of these issues. So it's never too early to get an, a lawyer involved because we help prevent the issues from happening and we can get you set up and get the whole infrastructure going strongly. So I remember talking to you earlier and I think it was just a collective universal bringing us smashing together about wanting to be obsessed with small business and helping small business and how do we get that market going or how do we help them? I remember you telling me this isn't your first rodeo as a business and you know the journey of how you came to be an online attorney. And so when you're shifting from being a, a retailer to, so you started a business and now you're an attorney, a legit attorney, and I want to hear the story. I want people to hear your journey because 
I think a lot of people had to shut down their retail business. A lot of clothing stores have had to shut down or they started to put their stuff online or trying to sell it through online platform. So can you tell us a little bit about where you made the pivot in your business? Yeah. Yeah. I think being an entrepreneur, the number one skill you can have is knowing how to pivot and when to pivot. And right now during COVID, I mean, that's more prevalent than ever because so many businesses, like you said, have been shut down and essentially income streams have been completely wiped out almost overnight. So businesses have had to get creative over the past six months. And if they're not creative, then they're kind of just missing out completely. So with my own adventure and my own story is I started with a clothing store, which really evolved from selling things on the side to having my own online store. And then we opened a brick and mortar store. Then I quickly realized like, this is not the life that I want to live. Like retail is, retail is fun, but it wasn't what I wanted for the long term. So I sold the store after I had already started my job at a big law firm because I knew, okay, number one, I'm kind of burnt out from this retail thing. And I know that's not what I want for the long term. And then number two, like I, I don't like this law firm. So I had to figure out, okay, what's going to work best for me. But having that retail business completely opened me up to what I have today, because without that whole venture, without that whole business, I would not be where I am today. So when I was at the big firm, you know, I thought I had my dream job you know, the big firm right out of law school, have the beautiful office. Like I was in Cincinnati. I could literally watch a Cincinnati Reds game from my office. So it was legit. Like, yeah. Like when you think about, you know, living the big law firm life, like that was it. Yeah. I lived it, but I was miserable. I hated it. And having that other business, I had many other business owners coming to me asking for help. Well, unfortunately, most of the time I just couldn't help them because the rates were too high or, it just wasn't good timing. And finally, I had a couple of clients that wanted me to help them at the firm, but the firm didn't want to help them. I, you know, I thought I was a rock star first year attorney bringing in clients and the firm tells me these are small businesses. We don't want them. They wanted the billion dollar companies and they wanted the multi-million dollar billion dollar companies. And I didn't understand at the time. I'm like, okay, well, these are small businesses, but they're paying your rates. You know, they're not trying to get a discount. They're paying your rate. So I saw an immediate need in the market because these business owners didn't have anywhere to go. They were asking me like, okay, well, where do I go? And honestly, I didn't know where to send them. So I knew the market was there. So knowing that market was there, it allowed me to easily pivot. So even though I don't consider my first business a great success, but Mm -hmm. it allowed me to easily pivot and create what I have today. You need to fill that gut, right? like what's going to work. So when I hear you say you were in retail at the same time that you were going to law school, oh my God, that is chingona level beyond. Because (laughs) right now I'm trying to just do my business through COVID and having to pivot. I mean, the podcast itself and the business on the other side are like two businesses running at the same time because there's a lot. And there's a lot of work that goes into this, as you know, because you have your own podcast called the Legalpreneur Podcast, which people should listen to if you really want to hear some quick and easy advice on maybe 
what you need to understand on legal systems for your small business, specifically contracts. And I think that's a wonderful thing that you're doing for community. And a lot of us don't understand or we're scared. We're scared to go to an attorney because we're like, ooh, they're just going to take advantage of us. <laughs> well, because, you know, no, I, I hear we, that don't all know, the time. we don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know what we don't exactly. know. Exactly. And so one of the things I thought about in wanting to talk to you about this was you started this business, you pivoted to see the long-term goal of what was going to work for you. That didn't work because you said, I know I'm living the baller life right now. I can see the Cincinnati Reds playing across the way. You know, I'm in the boardroom right now making bucks, but I'm not happy because your heart I want to say was still dedicated to that small business world. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I've always had this connection to small businesses and having them come to me when I was at the big firm, you know, I wanted to practice law to help people specifically businesses. And right now I'm not able to do that. So knowing that I just wasn't able to help the people that I wanted to help that's really what did it for me. And I was like, this is not the place for me. So I just want people to understand that it was this feeling that you carried with you that I want to be happy in the things that I want to do, but how do I do that? And so you made this pathway for yourself. How did you decide to get into law? That's the one thing I want to understand and for our audience to understand too. Yeah. So when I was in college, I wanted to be a lawyer to just make a lot of money. There's no like crazy meaning. I remember There's no I knew shame I always in wanted to go game. To, yeah, like I am, you know, unapologetically, you know, for the love of money. And quite frankly, I random fact, I went to college on a bowling scholarship and I had a teammate There's a bowling scholarship. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Yeah. I did not know such things existed. Holy. Yes. Another random fact is I have a national championship ring for bowling, college bowling. So there's that. And that's awesome. There was, yeah. uh, People, it always throws people off, but it's, it's funny. And it's, I still bowl to this day. I actually bowled in a tournament last night. So I had a teammate and her dad was a lawyer and he was this big, like, personal injury lawyer down in Florida. And I remember talking to him and he was like, oh, you got to be a tax attorney, a tax attorney. Like people will pay millions of dollars just to not have to pay millions of dollars in taxes. He's like, tax lawyers are the richest lawyers. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Like I'm going to go be a tax lawyer. So honestly, like I went through law school going through the whole tax curriculum which I, I loved it. And I do love taxes because to me, it's a game. It's just like, okay, like let's figure out this game and playing, you know, playing by the rules, the IRS, and you know, they have it their rules. So you just got to play the game. Yeah. And when I got to the big firm, they wanted me to be in litigation. So that's when you're like the courtroom lawyer doing all that stuff. And I was like, that is not what I want to do. So that was part of the reason why I did not like the firm. because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. But then once I started hearing from these small businesses and they needed help with trademarks and copyrights and, you know, setting up your business, their business entities, I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. So I just pivoted to that, but (laughs) I went to law school to be a tax attorney. So I actually do counsel a lot of clients on tax matters because I, I actually majored in accounting in undergrad. And then I really have like the tax background through law school. 
but I don't advertise it at all because I love intellectual property. Like now, like I love it, even though I was like, yeah, I'm going to be this tax attorney making millions of dollars. Now I, I truly love intellectual property and helping small business owners really just protect their own dream. And that's what it is. It's just yep. helping business owners protect their own baby, their own dream. So yeah. Exactly. So I want people to understand that having a business and making money is okay. And if you want to make a lot of money, which some people do, they're like, I just want to make a lot of money. And they think, oh, but how do I get there? And then some people say, no, I just want to serve the community and make money. There's a very big distinction about scaling your business to really make money and just being where you want to be. It's all about your comfort level. But I think the number one thing for people to understand is that when you are legit a business, it is your baby. That thing is, it is your baby and you need to protect it. And that is the one thing I learned. I knew all this stuff about business. I have a business degree, actually. And I, oh yeah, I can set up all this stuff. I know how to do all the tactical things. But when it comes to the legal and financial stuff, holy cow, that's where I get lost. And I'm like, oh, I don't need that. Or mm, I don't need it now. <laughs> and that's the thing. A lot of people say, well, I don't need it now until you get sued. And that's where yeah. you get caught, I like to say, with your pants down, because <laughs> there wasn't that thought process in the beginning. I've had that too, but I had a friend before I met you that told me about trademark protection. And I said, really? And actually, I went to a conference, a podcast conference, and once I told them about this podcast... They said the same thing. They're like, you need to get that trademarked. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my God, the the fear of trademark, you know, gods are coming to me. How do I take care of this? I didn't know. So I went to the only person I knew and they were an IP attorney, but they were helping. But after talking with you, holy cow, there's so much stuff. There's so many things. And I also understood that having a podcast, you need to have a contract in place for your content and for your guests. You and I have a contract that you signed with me, <laughs> just for the, even though you're an attorney. So, <laughs> I mean, it's all, yeah. you know, it's, what do they say? It's all fun until you, something gets broken and you don't want to yeah. be on the broken side, right? No, exactly. And that's that's really what I try to get across to clients is helping them realize it's never too early because you don't want to get the cease and desist letter. You don't want to get served because you're part of a lawsuit now. You have to take the necessary steps upfront in order to avoid all of that. And a lot of people just try to like hide in the background and hope that nobody finds them out. But also what I've realized is that a lot of business owners, it holds them back subconsciously. Because in their head, it's like they know in the back of their mind, like, I don't have my legal game in order, so I can't get too big or else somebody will find out and then I'll get sued. So I found that they really is a mental block. That is amazing because we're talking about a growth mindset here, right? Yep. That if you don't have the vision and you think somebody's going to come after you, I don't know if that's actually like a scarcity because I have too much and someone's going to come after me, like a scarcity mindset, but... 
that's where a lot of blocks come in where you just have to push through and just trust because again this is your baby it's like would you not take care of your baby that way and there's so many lessons to be learned not when you get sued <laughs> but in yeah, the exactly. process of legitimizing your business because then you really understand the law and if people aren't aware right now and if they've been under a rock it's really important that we understand politics and how our society works today with the financial system and how it affects community and taxes and organizations your business is not only your baby but it's also part of the political system <laughs> yeah it it is it really is but you know what it's so empowering for community to understand that once you have that knowledge you really can take it far and i've said this in a previous episode about nipsey hustle he understood the power of his financial grounding what he had but he also knew how to play a part in community to serve them so what he did i don't know if you know the story but he bought part of the block that he grew up in to give businesses a chance there and he had these people working with him that were in real estate you know i'm sure there was a lot of legalese behind there because once you get that big you have a lot of attorneys that want to protect yeah. you know their asset and their money going forward and he needs protection you need that financial yeah. and legal protection so that's what i'm saying he understood the money game and putting it back in the community but investing it and having the business resources to do it. And that's what this podcast is about is to level up. Level up your game. Don't be afraid to get that attorney to help you. And in fact, we have one on this podcast, Andrea Sager, and she is really available on her Legalpreneur podcast to give you that advice, but she also has specific memberships for people. to help you in certain areas or if you just want trademark protection and it's totally affordable which is why you're on my podcast because <laughs> I want people to understand it doesn't cost a million dollars to have an attorney it only costs you a yep. million dollars when something goes wrong and you're on the wrong end and then you don't want to be there <laughs> yeah exactly and what you need are contracts can you tell yep. us in just a very basic like what are the essential contracts so there's so many contracts that you need as a business owner and it will depend on what type of business you have obviously but let's say you're a podcaster now if you have a an editor hopefully they have a contract and there's an agreement that binds the relationship between the two of you because first of all i have worked with so many podcasters that have the issue of not knowing who owns the content so some editors approach somebody to be the talent for their podcast. So in that situation typically the editor or the producer probably owns that content. But then there's a situation where there's the podcaster who approaches the the editor and in that situation the editor 
doesn't own the content. Most likely the podcaster does because it's their project. But of course, the contract will govern all of that. So the contract lays out who owns this content, what happens in this situation, what happens in that situation. So if you're a podcaster and you have an editor, you absolutely need to have a contract with you and your editor, your producer, whoever else you have on your podcasting team. Now, on top of that, if you have guests on your podcast, you need a contract with them. Now, yep, yep. Yeah. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be this full like five-page document because let's be honest, you know, you have people that are on 50 to 100 podcasts, they don't want to read a five-page contract every single time they go on a podcast. So, personally, what I do is put the essential terms in my booking link. So, in the podcasting industry, there's pretty much general podcasting industry terms and guidelines, but I put my essential terms, what I want my guests to know and make sure they're aware of. I put that in the description when they book to schedule the call with me. So that way it's not a full blown contract where it's like, this is a contract between so-and-so, but when they're booking, they're still bound by those terms. So when you're thinking contracts for your guests, don't think, oh my gosh, I have to have this 10 page document that, that I spend, you know, thousands of dollars on. No, you just need to make sure you have the essential terms that your guest agrees to be bound by. Now, mm-hmm. additionally with podcasting, there may be voiceover actors. So you may have a voiceover mm-hmm. that maybe does your intro or outro or whatever it is. You need to have a contract with them. And this is more of an independent contractor agreement and If you are in business, you probably will have several variations of this because if you are working with another party and they're not your employee, then they're a contractor and you need to have a contract that lays out all the terms. So moving outside of podcasting, you have many other contracts. So independent contractor agreement when you're working with other parties. Now, if you have a website, which I think pretty much everybody these days has a website, There's two Mm -hmm. essential contracts that you need, which are the terms and conditions and your privacy policy. Now, the privacy policy is actually required by law. You have to have that on your website. And this governs what do you do with the information you're collecting? Well, first of all, what information are you collecting from your website visitors? And then what are you doing with that information? And how long do you store it? How do you store that information? Basically dealing with all the private info that you are collecting, what do you do with it? Now, on top of the privacy policy, you have your terms and conditions. And this is actually the contract between you and the visitor of your website. So even if you don't sell anything on your website, there still needs to be a contract between you and the visitor. So terms and conditions aren't required by law, but let's face it, you need to have those terms. So Privacy policy, terms and conditions, those are essential for any business owner that has a website. And then, I mean, I could go on all day about different contracts, but if you're in a relationship with somebody in some type of business relationship, there needs to be a contract. Yes, there does need to be one in place. I can't stress that one enough. Everybody thinks, oh no, this is my home girl. No, this is my best friend. I've known them since grade school. I've heard from an attorney, not from you, Andrea, but relatives and people that are very close to you, those are the worst situations because if things really go well and you scale, it gets super hairy 
It does. And the thing is, I want to stress this too, is that people shouldn't be insulted. It's really saying, hey, I care about you. Let's care about what we create together. And let's just kind of have an agreement. I mean, we're both working hard. And I think that's a part of a business mindset that you really have to have. And especially in podcasting, I see so many people that have a podcast out. They don't have a website. They just have links, right? They're like, oh, the link in the bio. And then they have all these links for you to click on. Is that how they get out of terms of use and privacy policies? Is that one way? Because I think maybe they're afraid to put up a website and that's why. I don't know. I always find that fascinating, you know, link in the bio and you go there and there's like eight different links and link tree that take you to eight different places or a landing page. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm very fascinated by that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, no matter where you have things on the internet, if you have a presence somewhere, you need to have terms and conditions and a privacy policy. Some websites have templates there for you. So I typically say like for new business owners, I think templates are great, which is why we created the contract vault. Mm -hmm. Templates are great because as a new business owner, you don't know exactly what you need in your contract. You don't know what's going to work for you, what's not going to work. So I don't want to say you're wasting money by working directly with an attorney, But if you're a brand new business owner, don't have a ton of money, templates are a great place to start. And then as you get momentum in your business, you can graduate to those custom contracts to make sure you really are fully protected and you have that assurance from another attorney. And I get the whole link tree thing. I totally understand. But no matter where you have links going, if it's your website, you need to have terms and conditions and a privacy policy. Laying down the law. That's what I love. Laying down the law because you need to. I'm not saying I've been sued, but I understood from the beginning there are certain things you have to protect. And I am putting my heart and soul and investing my own money into this business. And I am trying to protect it. I see this as a big difference. There's a difference between a side hustle and a business. It's like your business is your baby. Like you're giving birth to something you're putting out there that you have just meticulously put out into the universe where a side hustle is like, you're a Thea, you know, you're just someone's auntie. That's how I see it. It's like, you're, you're just kind of there, but you're not really involved. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's like, you're my Thea as a side hustle, but as a business, you're like, oh no, that's my baby. And when people have babies and they're protecting them, they act like mama bear. So if you want to level up your game, you got to be a mama bear about your business and get your legal tamale in order. That's what I got to say about your legal stuff. I love that. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Get your tamale together with your legal stuff. And we're going to give you some information at the end of this podcast about how you can do that. Andrea is a great resource. Again, she has the Legalpreneur podcast, which are on all podcasting platforms. Yes, absolutely. One of the main takeaways here as a business owner, you don't know what you don't know. And if you need some information, it's always best to go to someone you trust. I actually go to Andrea. I use her services And I trust her because she was a small business owner. She's been with the small business community for some time. She has a family. You know, we're all in this as a business community trying to level up our game. And right now is the time because COVID has wiped out 
so many small businesses in our community that if you need to get something online going, then this is a way to really protect yourself. And then also it establishes more credibility with you, in my opinion, with the financial institutions. Would you say that's a correct statement, Andrea? That Absolutely. Because they go hand in hand together. And I am just totally floored about this administration and how small businesses have been wiped out. And this is part of, let's get back in the game, people. This is the time, 2021's coming. And I just want people to feel safe. And I, I want them to have courage and inspiration to start their business again. Because as you just said, you know, you fail fast or you start again. You just keep going. And it hurts. It hurts. But you know what? Yeah. That's what makes you stronger. And yeah, it's going to be hard. I can't tell you how many times I've cried already over my business and things that I've been learning. But that's part of the process. Oh, absolutely. And But you know what? It's so worth it, though. And you might feel like you're going crazy. But there are people out there to help you when you don't know what you don't know. And hopefully we've given you some information with Andrea for the legal part of your small business, your website, your podcast. But yeah. are you doing your podcast as a hobby? Or are you doing it to really get in the game? That's the distinction. So with that, Andrea, I really appreciate you being on Latinas from the block to the boardroom. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with, especially in this time of COVID and people are feeling maybe a little disheartened about their small business? Like, what's the takeaway here? Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't think there's a better time to start a business and go all in. Like, I think a lot of people right now, their back's up against the wall and it's like, okay, I'm finally gonna, I, it's time for me to go all in. So I think this is a really big defining moment for our country because there's a huge shift towards people leaving their nine to five to becoming their own boss because that's what they've been left with. They, you know, during when COVID hit, I don't want to say that their employers didn't care about them, but if they got laid off, nobody's going to care about you more than you care about yourself. Nobody's going to take care of you more than you're going to take care of yourself. So I think right now there's absolutely no better time to start a business. And we're personally seeing that in my firm, we have been absolutely swamped. We've had record number of months the, over the past few months because of COVID. And I'm, I'm grateful for it, but at even more than that, I love seeing businesses succeed because at the end of the day, I think all of us would rather support, you know, Susie down the street who just launched her own business than Macy's who, whose CEO is on their 10th house. So I think supporting small business owners, that's where it's at. And I think if we can, you know, as a country really get behind and support small business owners, magic can happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, we're, we can't wait for the government to save us. You know, get together with your relatives, pull your money together, start something and work out a plan. Hopefully we can give you some of those tips here to do that on these podcasts moving forward. Because as you said, right now is the time and a lot of people might feel stuck. They might feel like they're in a COVID tar pit like I was for about a month and a half. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had a whole business plan written out for three years. And I said, this oh, is no. not going to work. <laughs> it was awful. I cried. I, I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. And I'm sure people feel that way. Like I can't keep going, mm -hmm. but you know what? This podcast keeps me going. 
I know there are people out there. You just have to like find that core of why you're doing it and your purpose. And this is the time because back in 2008, when the big economic crash happened, oh my God, that was awful. So many tech companies got together and built these ginormous businesses now. PayPal was one of them. Mm -hmm. And look at where they are now. Okay. Yep. And it's different mindset, a different community, whatever. But I'm always saying our community is primed right now to come together and start doing that. Whether it's through a podcasting network and services, whatever, or a small business online. There are so many people coming together in working environments, online, virtual communities where this can seriously happen. And I'm very hopeful about that. And that's what gets me out of bed. Just get in the game right now. Do what you can. Get in the game. So, Andrea, I want to thank you for being my guest today. And I want to also say that your vision for supporting small business is really wonderful. I think that you are providing a great service to people who really need help. Thank you. So I I just want to commend you and thank you for being on the podcast today from Latinas from the block to the boardroom. And if you have any last words you want to say, thanks for having me. This was a blast. And seriously, if you're listening and you're like, gosh, this this business has been in my mind, just go for it. Just go for it. Just do it. Do some research. Please do research on (laughs) what the market is. A lot of people don't do that. And that's kind of a big deal. And then get your ideas together and support yourself with people that will help you like us. (laughs) exactly so thanks again and i look forward to another podcast with you and hopefully having some successful guests from working with both of us absolutely yes thank you andrea for joining us here latinas from the block to the boardroom where can people find you please tell us please 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 (laughs) <laughs> of course. Yeah. So my website is andreasager.com, the contract vault. You can get that in the show notes and then Instagram. Definitely follow us on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at andreasagerlaw and legalpreneur is the more business focused Instagram. So yeah, come follow along. Okay, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Again, people have the best intentions, but you always have to be careful and trust your gut because again, This is your baby. The business is your baby. We're talking about taking your game to the next level. So we hope you enjoyed the show and that we were able to give you some courage and inspiration and some understanding with some baseline guidance to help supercharge you into this next new economy. Thank you for joining and please subscribe to all your podcast platforms and please join our newsletter at latinasb2b.com. Gracias. Gracias.